The job scorecard is kind of like a job description on steroids. Most job descriptions I've seen are not worth the paper they're printed on. A job scorecard's job is to clarify accountability at a level that you typically don't have on a team. You made it to the Better Leadership Team show, the place where you learn how to surround yourself with the right people, doing the right things, so you can grow your business without losing your mind. I'm your host and leadership team coach, Mike Goldman. I'm going to show you how to improve top and bottom line growth, fulfillment, and the value your company adds to the world by building a better leadership team. All right, let's go. Welcome to another Mike on the Mic episode of the Better Leadership Team show. Today, I want to talk about the problem I probably hear more than any other problem, the questions I get about this subject from prospective clients, any leader that I talk to um, is incredible. And, and it's, it's focused on accountability. And the way I typically hear the question is something like, you know, what do I have to do? Fire everybody? Uh, they say they're going to do things. They don't get it done. Uh, does accountability mean I need to fire everyone? What do I need to do? Why doesn't, why doesn't anybody follow through on what they say they're going to do? And where I typically start in trying to dissect that problem is first by checking on whether there is a clear definition of accountability. You know, what does that mean? And, and how important is that when you tell somebody they're accountable for something? How important is it for them to truly understand what the hell you're talking about? So let's start with a definition and then I'll dive into some types of accountability, some how-tos on accountability, and then where to start because it's a lot and the growth here never ends. But let's talk about a definition. And I want to start with two words that are most often used interchangeably, which I think causes a big part of the problem. And those two words are accountability and responsibility. Now, I don't care what it says on dictionary.com. It's really important to differentiate these two words. And, and I, I, I'm going to coach you to define them in this way. And I'm going to start with responsibility. And then, of course, we'll dive deep on accountability. To me, responsibility is who is rolling up their sleeves to get the job done. It's fair for me to get up in front of a team of a thousand using this definition and say something like, we are all responsible for giving our clients wow levels of service. Using my definition, that's a fair statement. And that's how I like to use the word responsible or responsibility. Who's rolling up their sleeves to get the job done? Pretty simple. Now let's talk about accountability. Accountability is always and only one person. If more than one person is accountable, nobody's accountable. So while we all might be responsible for giving our clients wow levels of service, there's one person in the organization accountable 
for measuring that we're doing that, for deciding on the right strategy to do that, on the right process to do that. There's one person on the team we're going to hold accountable to know where we are, to know where we need to be, and to know what we've got to do to get there. That's accountability. So when you ask the question, oh, we've got this task to do, who, who's going to be accountable? If two people raise their hand and say, well, you know, me, me, and, me and Joe will do it. The answer is no, you and Joe might be responsible. I need to know who the one person accountable is. And this way, there's no pointing fingers. Well, you know, I tried, but Joe wouldn't answer his email. And, you know, I didn't get a document on time from Susan or you are accountable, one person accountable. We've got to make that clear. So I start off in that way, responsibility, who's rolling up their sleeves, accountability, who's the one and only one person that owns it. That being said, let's talk a little bit about the types of accountability. And I'll start with functional accountability. Functional accountability means for each major function of the organization. Head of company is a function. Sales is a function. Operations is a function. Marketing is a function. Finance is a function. You get the idea. For each function, who is the one and only one person that's accountable for that function? That's one type of accountability. Second type of accountability is accountability for a priority or an initiative or a rock or an OKR or whatever term you use for kind of an annual most important thing or for a 90-day most important thing or set of most important things we're doing, there should be one person accountable for each one of those most important priorities. Now, hopefully you don't have 12 most important priorities or you don't have any priorities, right? If everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. But assuming you've got two, three, four most important priorities for the year or rocks for the quarter or OKRs, each one of them should have someone accountable. Now, again, you could argue, well, one of our priorities is to, you know, improve the percent of A players within our organization. And man, our talent development folks are involved in that. Our line managers are involved in that. Our finance team is involved in that. Yes, you've got a lot of folks and teams responsible. We need one person accountable. Without that one person accountable, you don't truly have accountability. There's too much confusion about who's doing what and who dropped the ball. So one type of accountability is functional accountability. A second type is a priority type accountability. A third is a measure of success accountability or a KPI, key performance indicator. Each function should have a set of key performance indicators they're accountable for. It's not enough to say Sanjeev is accountable for marketing. What does marketing mean? Does it mean we've got a great website? Does it mean we've got a wonderful, you know, email campaign or our social media pictures are beautiful this year? What does it mean? How do you measure success? For marketing, it might be marketing qualified leads. For uh, talent development or human resources, it might be your employee net promoter score. For 
sales. It might be the number of new clients you brought on board or your closing ratio on, on, you know, on opportunities. What are those measures of success? Even looking at the P&L and the balance sheet and saying, who's accountable for each of those measures? Who's truly accountable for gross margin on the team? So number one, functional accountability. Number two, priority accountability. Number three, measure of success accountability. And the fourth one I'll talk about is task accountability. Very often when I'm in a meeting with a client, something comes up that's not a big initiative, project, priority, but it's, hey, yeah, we ought to do that. You know, we ought to, uh, you know, we ought to send that survey to our clients, you know, sometime over the next couple of weeks. Or, yeah, we ought to have, you know, we, we ought to prepare for our next, uh, uh, you know, all hands meeting uh, or town hall with the team, you know, sometime next week. You come up with something that's more of a specific action than a bigger priority or a function. And task priority, or what I call a, a who, what, when, means when you have a task, stopping right there and saying, wait a minute, sounds like we've got a who, what, when, who's going to take accountability for this? And again, if it's Sanjeev and I are going to work on it, no, you're responsible. Who's the one person accountable? So who, what, when is who's accountable? One person. Second thing is, what are you actually going to do? And then the last W is, when are you going to have it done by? So those are what I see come up most is the different types or levels of accountability that are critical. Let's talk a little bit about the how, some tasks, some techniques, some exercises that will help make sure you are adding, you know, 5X the accountability that you have today and really decreasing the drama within your organization. And by the way, where all this fits, in a previous episode, I talked about the six pillars of building a great leadership team, what I call a breakthrough leadership team. All the, these accountability levels and types fit really within two of the pillars. Number one certainly is a pillar I call proactively structuring the team. Certainly understanding functional accountability is part of that. And the other place it fits squarely is in a pillar I call execute with discipline. So let's talk a little bit about the how. And the first thing I want to talk about is something called the functional accountability chart. And very simply, or maybe not so simply for most companies I work with, it is agreeing on the team, what are the major functions? Is operations a function? Is procurement a function? Is, you know, certainly sales is probably a function. Marketing is a function. Head of company is certainly a function. It's not titles. It's not BP of sales and marketing. It's sales as a function. Marketing as a function. What are the 8, 10, 12, 14 functions within your organization? If you're coming up with 27, you've probably got way too many. But what are the functions within your organization? And who's the one person accountable for that function? When you do this exercise as a team, you will find three different opportunities to strengthen your team. One is you're going to find that you have some functions where multiple people are accountable and it's causing confusion. Sometimes that happens at the very top where there are two or three heads of company because we've got a partner or we've got a CEO and a president and the CEO hasn't quite given up the reins, you know, on the day to day yet. So functional accountability 
that's that that's one issue is do you have multiple people accountable for an individual function and is that causing confusion normally does second thing is do you have any functions where nobody's accountable you know yes customer experience is a function we're all responsible maybe nobody's accountable and a whole bunch may be slipping through the cracks because of that the third problem you find is that You've got someone stretched way too thin on the team. Now, is it okay for one person to be accountable for multiple functions? Absolutely. That will almost always happen. And that's okay. Early on in your growth as a company, if you're the CEO, you may be the CEO and accountable for five of the functions. Or if you're a solo entrepreneur, you may be accountable for all of the functions. And that's not necessarily a problem unless it's a problem unless someone is stretched way too thin. So that's the other problem is you might find your chief operating officer or your CFO or your CEO is accountable for four, five, six functions, and they're just stretched way too thin. So that's the first tool you want to use, functional accountability chart. Figure out where you've got those issues. Do you need to solve all those issues today? Of course not. You need to prioritize where your biggest opportunity areas and solve them. Second tool is something called the 12 quarter leadership team plan. And that's very simply, I may do a whole episode on a 12 quarter plan because it's it's probably important enough to do that, but I'll stay high level for now. The 12 quarter leadership team plan is like taking that kind of static functional accountability chart we just talked about where you're saying where are we today or where do we need to be today? And it's using your plan for the next four, eight, 12 quarters and say, where do I need to be? At what point will I have a need to add so many clients per month that my CEO can't also be the head of sales? I need a VP of sales. At what point do we have so many clients? We need someone to head up the customer service function. At what point are we adding so many products? We need a product development person. So the 12-quarter leadership team plan is like the functional accountability chart, but go from static to dynamic. And to do that, you need a good understanding of what your plan is for eight quarters out, your financial drivers, like your P&L, your balance sheet, but more importantly, your non-financial drivers, like number of new products, number of new clients, number of shipments, that kind of thing. So we talked about functional accountability chart. Just talked about the 12-quarter leadership team plan. Next thing I want to talk about is the job scorecard. Job scorecard is kind of like a job description on steroids. Most job descriptions I've seen are not worth the paper they're printed on. A job scorecard's job is to clarify accountability at a level that you typically don't have on a team. So there are four parts of a great job scorecard, and I'm stealing this term by the way, from a methodology called top grading. There's a great book called Who? The A Method for Hiring. You ought to go read. But a job scorecard has four things. A mission of the job, one or two sentences. Certainly roles and responsibilities, which is what's on a typical job scorecard. But then it's got measurable outcomes, which might be an overlap if you did that on the functional accountability chart. But for a job, what are the measurable outcomes of that job? Again, marketing is a great example. 
roles and responsibilities of marketing may say things like, you know, rework our brand and make sure our website is up to date and design digital marketing campaigns. But you can do all those things and still fail at marketing. What are the measurable outcomes you're truly accountable for? That's the third thing on the job scorecard. And then the fourth thing is, what are the competencies you need to do the job? And knowing those competencies, you know, project management skills, analytical skills, uh, communication skills, coaching skills, you name it. What are the competencies you need, including your core values as competencies? What competencies do you need to be successful on the job? And once you do that job scorecard could be used to coach someone internally who's already in that role as to where they need to improve could be used as a performance assessment tool for the folks internally. It could be used to figure out if someone's ready for a promotion. And absolutely, it should and could be used when you are hiring someone into that role. Those roles and responsibilities, but especially the measurable outcomes and the competencies are critical to figuring out who the right person is. The next tool I want to talk about is meeting rhythms or what I call planning and communication rhythms. All of this accountability is great, but if you are not getting together with your team specifically to define those accountabilities, what are the priorities, who's accountable for each priority, what are the right key performance indicators, measures of success, and who's accountable, if you don't have the right meeting rhythm to define those and, and most importantly, hold folks accountable for that, the right annual planning type of, of meeting session, annual planning, quarterly planning and, and learning, monthly check-ins, weekly accountability meetings, daily huddles, although daily huddles are great. They're not really a, an accountability tool. I found the most important part of the meeting rhythm from annual, quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily, the most important thing as it relates to accountability is the weekly meeting. Accountability lives or dies with your ability in the weekly meeting to hold people accountable for what they say, what they said they were going to do, what they've committed to, whether it's a task or a who, what, when, whether it's a KPI or whether it's a rock or an OKR, you know, or a priority. That weekly accountability meeting is where you hold them accountable. And again, if you don't have the right agenda for those meetings, and if you're not truly holding people accountable, if you're letting people say, ah, I was busy, I didn't get to it, accountability dies, right? Well, this is something you committed to. How are you going to make sure, how could we help you make sure that next week you're back on target? So meeting rhythms are critical. And the last thing I'll say is there's other tools that are better than, you know, hey, let's look at the pictures of the old flip charts to remember what our priorities were. Or, you know, let's look at the PowerPoint deck we created two months ago to do our town hall that may be outdated now, there are some wonderful tools out there to help you manage all of these decisions, keep up to date on your priorities, on your who, what, whens, all the things. I, I happen to use one called Metronome Growth Systems with my clients. That's wonderful, but that's not the only tool. It's important to have a set of tools. So that's a lot. We talked about functional accountability chart, 12 quarter leadership team plan, job scorecard, meeting rhythms, tools. We talked about the levels of accountability, functional, priority, measure of success, task. That's a lot. Where do you start? Well, where you start or where you continue, because I imagine 
you're all not starting this, you're, or you're not starting this, you're on a journey. But where you should start depends on where you are right now. I'd say all things being equal, number one, make sure you've got your functional accountability right. Even if you think you've got it. And I've had CEOs in meetings go, oh, this exercise should take 10 minutes. And an hour and a half later, we're still trying to figure out what their functions are or figure out who's really accountable for talent development. So start with the functional accountability chart. Make sure you've got that right. Make sure everybody's clear on what the functions are. Even what they're called is important. Who's accountable, where you've got some priorities around filling empty seats or dealing with someone that's stretched too thin or dealing with multiple people accountable. So start with the functional accountability chart, get that right. And then very quickly in parallel, make sure you've got the right meeting rhythm because none of this is going to matter unless you are getting together as a team to define those accountabilities and hold people accountable. I promise you, if you start down the road of doing these things, you will have a whole lot less drama on the team. You will be much less frustrated that people aren't doing what they say they were going to do. Because by the way, part of the reason they're not doing that is because they weren't clear on what they were supposed to do and when they were supposed to get it done. They weren't even clear they were accountable. They thought somebody else was doing it until you looked at them and said, where is it? So get cracking on accountability. I look forward to uh, seeing you or, or having you hear me, depending on where you're watching or listening to this. See you or hear you next time. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Better Leadership Team Show. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would be ever so grateful if you could rate the show and leave a glowing review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to connect with us on mike-goldman.com slash blog, where you could subscribe to my blog, or at Mike Goldman Coach on both Instagram and YouTube. Sharing is caring, so be sure to spread the word to anyone you think might enjoy the show. And remember, if you want to build a great business, you've got to have a great leadership team.